Hey, y'all, Pastor Emil here with another episode of Sweet Jesus. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Ice cream is sweet, but Jesus is far sweeter. I am here with Lori. Lori is uh, on our staff here at Open Arms, and I must mean something to her because I was able to coerce her into coming and sitting down and turning on the mics and recording. <laughs> not, not even screaming and kicking. Just no, here. yeah, no kicking okay. and screaming. Just come on in. It, it was surprisingly easy, actually. Mm-hmm. I just had to set it like say it like once or twice. Yeah, today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've said it for a few weeks, but okay, I you've guess been here almost a year, right? I guess there's uh, something to say for persistence, but there have also been events. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe we should talk about some of those events. And I think you're the person to talk to about it. Right. And uh, primarily has to do with helping the poor or just helping people. Helping needy. Yeah. Helping people in need. Uh, a lot of folks might know, some folks might not, about uh, this guy, Axel. He, um, he was sleeping on our bench. The, the bench right outside my office window. Correct. Under our, what is that called? Like a breezeway, walkway, yeah, awning. Breezeway, or, yes. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, how long was he doing that? When did he first, September-ish? Okay, yes. Axel was hit by a car in July or August. Had pins put in his hip and was sent to the rehab unit in Lacombe. They usually stay there about six weeks, and then after that, he walked back here. And he stopped at the church because we had a breezeway, and it might have been raining, and he slept on the bench, and then he just never left. Mm -hmm. But at that time, he was in a place that he was easy to talk to, and I guess God put him here because he needed us, so... (laughs) You needed us, or or God wanted to teach us something through Him. Sure. Yeah, I think that's that's part of what I think we're going to wind up talking about is mm-hmm. you learn an awful lot by trying to help folks. Um, but when He first got here, you know he he didn't hardly want anything. The first time I remember meeting him, he was in church. Yes. Like I don't, I didn't even know he was sleeping on the bench. He just showed up on Sunday morning. He's in worship. Right. And he comes up to me afterward, and he wants to make a contribution. <laughs> I was like, homeless, yeah. This homeless guy, where I'm assuming was homeless, if he wasn't, uh, he had never really learned proper hygiene. This you know, so it was, it was obvious that he was different. Yes. Right. But I was proud. I think of uh, folks at Open Arms that they basically welcomed him with open arms. I Absolutely. Mean, they, they uh, not just you, but just having him here. People were willing to talk to him, and not that he's shy, <laughs> so it's kind of hard to kinda not, hard talk, not to to him. talk to him. <laughs> it, it's hard to get away from him mm-hmm. when he starts talking sometimes. Um, Very, but so I met him, and he wants to make a contribution, and I didn't have the heart to say no. But uh, he had money. He wanted to put in an envelope. I got him an envelope, and he put it in and dropped it in the thing. And I said, hey, thank you. You know, the widow's might. doesn't matter how much. It's what mm-hmm. you got, and it's the 
the thought and the intention there. And then, of course, I always, Acts 20, 35, Paul says, uh, it's better to give than receive, as our Lord Jesus says. So it's better for him to give. If, if he has Correct. an opportunity to give, I didn't want to take that away from him. So I let him put the money in. And then that's when, you know, he was back pretty much every Sunday Yes. for a while. And then we started hearing from him during the week. You know, he's out on the bench. He's making noise. He started inviting friends. Yes. And then he, <laughs> you took him to lunch maybe or? I don't remember the exact time. Or him to lunch. And so y'all talked more and he said you told him that that was his. I said you might be a missionary. You were his missionary. That yeah, you're a missionary. Yeah, you're bringing your job is to bring people to us, and that's well, why. I I think he may have misunderstood. That's how he yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I think he took it. it that way. I tried to tell him, no, you're the missionary. You go to where the people are and you minister to them there. Yes. I wasn't asking him to bring them here. But he thought. But he did bring them here. <laughs> he thought he could bring them and you would fix them. We couldn't fix him. <laughs> Why would we be able to fix them? And that's the lesson. That well, is exactly. The lesson. So, so with him, you know, you're looking at this guy Axel, and you're going, "Man, he needs a lot of help," mm-hmm. and he doesn't think he needs any help. No, I mean, for months, he just thought that uh, he was fine, and and. Living in the outdoors was was good, and he had everything he needed, everything he wanted. And I think after a little while, it started to become clear to me, at least, that he what he what was really going on is he didn't think he was worthy of more. Correct. Like he didn't actually deserve better. Well, in the homeless community, there's a reason they're homeless, Mm -hmm. and most of the time, it's because of the fact that they feel they need to be punished for something or they're not, they can't fit in with the real world. of the world, yeah. And the funny thing is that Mark and I do Lunch Bag Love, which is a program that we started, oh, I don't know, was it 2014? Maybe 2014? Either way, I met Axel in 2016, mm-hmm. personally, and you don't forget a name like Axel. And he actually will tell you his name is Axel Dale Lynn. And he would say Van Resmussen. Yeah. Put a little V in front of it. But yeah. And he saluted me and he took the lunch bags and we offered, we prayed, I think, for him. And he was very well versed in scripture. Mm-hmm. Better than I am. That is my weakness. I am not as well versed as some. But. I almost was a little intimidated, like, wait, how do you know that? How do you know that scripture? And then I'm thinking, okay, just because he's homeless doesn't mean he is not a Christian. Mm -hmm. So I I would see him in passing over the few years. And then he showed up, as you said, on the bench. And he was there probably more often than you realize because you come through the side door, you don't come through the front. And he would make it a point to be here on Saturdays so that when he woke up, he would be for church. For Sunday, yeah. So uh, wherever he was in his wanderings, he would come back and be here for Sunday. And the reason he came back is because of how we accepted him. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, he told me that after, you know, once we got to know him more. You know, he said there are places that 
just don't accept you coming in. They frown upon you. They don't want me there because I don't look like them or <laughs> which yeah. no, he doesn't. But I am the, as he called me, the mother hen. So I'm all about <laughs> cleanliness is next, <laughs> next to godliness. So I, I kind of, we didn't try and get him cleaned up. We encouraged him to clean up. And I think that there was a new person under there, but yeah. going back all of this time, because one of the problems with people in homelessness or dealing people, dealing with people that are homeless, you immediately judge. It's yeah. human nature to judge. And so you automatically think, well, why should I give them money? They're just going to buy alcohol. And my husband, Mark, is one that kind of told me, why do you care what he does with the money? Yeah, He needs help. If he's asking for that, you give it to him and you let, that's between him and God. Mm-hmm. So I had to get over that with lunch bag love at first because I'm like why are we doing this but I was supporting him and so it became something that I understood eventually I've always wanted to save the world I mean since I was little I you know can we take them home mom they need help and so that's just my personality but Axel was in a place that he wasn't constantly drunk I'm not saying he didn't drink but he had a routine Mm -hmm. and it was like his life we became part of his circle yeah. of friends and his so-called family because he would go to the Circle K and see, you know, Mimi and Jackie and he would cross the street and go to Chevron and see Sonny hmm. and all these people would give him things. And Circle K, if they had extra food or whatever, or the girls would bring stuff in they had cooked for him, he would always give it to the other homeless people too. <laughs> he was very giving. Yeah. And he still is, I'm sure. Well, that's why I said the whole missionary thing to him. Exactly. Because it was clear that that's what he was Mm -hmm. doing. Yeah. But either way, once he, I think it was because he fell and broke his ribs, that he started to believe that maybe he needed some help. Mm -hmm. And so we, because we had offered him hotel rooms and Christmas Eve, I think he even told you that he didn't need a place. Yeah. He didn't have room in the inn for Jesus. Yeah, yeah, he said if there wasn't room in the inn for Jesus, then uh, there's no way I'm getting a place to stay tonight. Right. And you know, like, Christmas Eve. It could, right. like he wouldn't accept that. Would not. And uh, so there's some, there's faith, but it's a real twisted, warped, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, uh, but, but I think, you know, you talked about people kind of look down on homeless people and people in need. And, you know, we've talked, well, I guess I'm going to talk a little bit more about this on Sunday. I don't know if it's going to be clear how it relates specifically to this situation. But when we look at them, I think what we're doing is we're trying to say like, well, that could never happen to me because I, Mm -hmm. you know, like we, so we need a reason to look down on them so that we can feel better about us. It's not really about them. Right. So we look down on them because then that makes us feel like there's a barrier, like we're right, safe, right. that yeah. we can't get infected by their, their situation, right? They're, you know, in fact, that's a which is what strong word, it, but that's. Which is what makes it difficult for people to truly help homeless people. Mm-hmm. Because if we're helping them, are we helping them to lift ourselves up to make yeah. us feel like, oh, look what I did? Or are we really helping them because. Mm-hmm. God put that on our hearts and they need help. And 
the reason why they're in the situation they are in is not because there's not enough food in the world (laughs) or there's not enough clothing or there's not enough homes and or it's because something else is going on right like we've learned with uh, axel you know not maybe all the specifics but that uh, there's something else going on underneath and the only way you get there is by getting close yes not just physically close which Jesus was willing to touch lepers, right? And that was a big deal. Like you touch a leper in As many homeless people as I've helped in the past, the fact that Axel actually sat in my car, that was a big step for me. (laughs) Because as you know, and probably anybody who knows me and listening, I am OCD. So there are certain things that I can handle and certain things I can't. And he did get in my car once he had shaved and showered. <laughs> and I actually brought his clothes to the laundromat and washed them. And I went and bought new stuff for him. And the church also was contributing. We basically took him in as a family member. Yeah. But with that, unfortunately, comes expectations we have for our family members. <laughs> and if he doesn't meet them, then either we feel like we failed or we're angry because he failed. Yeah. So, and Axel was a veteran. So there was reasons or places, resources that he could use and chose not to. For a long time. Yeah. For a long time. And it wasn't until he broke his ribs that I think he was in pain and he couldn't sleep on the hard bench anymore. And he realized he needed some Mm -hmm. healing. Yeah. So, he complained the whole time he was in the hotel because the bed was too soft and he had to sleep on the floor because he couldn't sleep on the soft and whatever. <laughs> well, I didn't know he was sleeping on the floor. No, what the he heck? didn't. Had to, exactly. No, he got back in the bed because okay. he couldn't get up from the floor. Otherwise, he would have slept on the floor. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> so, this guy. He yeah. is a character uh, for sure. But he he finally was willing to accept help. And so we started helping him. And then we tried to get him a hotel, motel. Mm-hmm. He didn't have an ID. Correct. So I got in trouble yes. for trying to get him in anyway. And Yeah, because our, past, our pastor went and lied and said he needed don't a room. Don't <laughs> <laughs> was It was all for the good, right? So He went that, and rented the room. Yeah, and I don't know if I realized exactly the way they might have taken that or, or what exactly I was doing. I was just trying to get him in there because it was because miserable it was out there. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cold. Even for Louisiana, it was really cold. Right. So we, uh, we got him in there and then they threw him out. And so now what are we going to do? And you're driving the guy back to a bench and it's like, and how do you do, how do you go do sleep you do? at night? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So those are the struggles we had, but you have to, at some point, that they, they, he, in this specific instance, he has chosen to be kind of in the situation that he was in. Absolutely. Uh, maybe not all of it, but, you know, he's been okay with this for a really long time. So we're not going to change his mind overnight. But then we get him into this place, Quad Vets, where he finally goes, okay. Yeah, it was I, a great, great program, great opportunity. I went through processes and finding people that could help and get him admitted. We had to mm-hmm. get the COVID test for him. So <laughs> it was involving the entire church, really, because we had people saying, well, we can bring him here and we can get this done. 
Anyway, they finally come to pick him up and they bring him. And I remember him saying, you're putting me in a prison. And I said, no, Axel, I'm not putting you in a prison. And this was about the week before when we knew he was going. And so Janet, our child development center director, said, let's get him a phone. That way he doesn't feel like he's lost contact because this is Mm -hmm. part of his family. So I explained, I'm buying this phone, we're going to get it going. And we bought a little flip phone, 30 bucks, whatever, and we put minutes on it. It was unlimited minutes. And I said, if you ever feel unhappy or you don't want to be here, nobody's forcing you to do this. We're asking you to give it a try. If you ever feel that way, just call. We will come get you. So he lasted seven weeks, (laughs) which is longer than I thought. I... Sean and I were betting because Sean definitely was invested. Everybody was invested. Don't get me wrong. But there are a few people that really bonded Mm -hmm. with Axel. And, you know, Cheryl went and visited him. And Sean decided because he was a musician that we should get him a guitar because we were trying to stop him from walking on the streets so much. Mm -hmm. And even at Quad Vets, with the freedom they gave, he was able to walk. So he would walk into town. He would walk and walk and walk. We're not talking like... Miles. Yeah. We're talking eight, ten miles. Yeah. And then he'd realize, wait, what time is it? Oh, I got to get back. And he wouldn't have enough time to get back. So it was always a stress. Yeah. So we thought if we got him the guitar and he started playing, then. You could sit around. Sit around. Yeah. But, you know, by that point, I think he was already feeling better. Like his physical ailments had gotten better and he was conditioning himself to be able to walk far distances. He started feeling obligated or indebted to quad vets. He told me he owed them money, which was not the case. I called and made sure quad vets was not charging him. But for some reason, he felt like he owed them $200. Hmm. The guys there that work, the program's a great program. The guys there that have jobs, they do make them pay depending on their income. So they start establishing life skills because most of them are homeless people. Mm-hmm. So they ask them to contribute. But if you're not working, they give you chores. So Axel had chores and he was, I have pictures of his bed. He'd send me pictures and you could bounce a quarter on it. I mean, you could tell he was a military person because his bed was made better than I've ever made a bed. Mm -hmm. Took pride in all that. And then he had chores that he had to do and he would wipe down the handles and he would do all his stuff before he went out on his walk. He doesn't bond well with just anybody. So he didn't form relationships with the people at the place. Mm Mm-hmm. But he felt like he had to walk and go look for work. And so that's what he did. And then at one point he told one of the homeless gentlemen here that he felt like he was in a prison. But I didn't find that out until he basically had walked off, called me and said, yeah. I don't have a, a, yeah. a way back or whatever. So, so it's disappointing, right? You know, you, you're, you constantly have these ups and downs. And there was a book I read that uh, actually somebody here, Mel and Suzanne, they gave me this book called uh, You Ought to Do a Story About Me, the Jackie Wallace story. Okay. He's Jackie Wallace played football, NFL football. He's from New Orleans. Okay. You don't know who this guy is? Yeah, no. You're from... I am not the big... My dad was a Saints fan. My sister's a Saints fan. And yes, I'm like, great, they win, good. (laughs) But I'm not going to sit there and watch them and say... I'm a diehard Saints fan. I forget Sorry. if he even played for the Saints. He played for the Rams. He played for the Colts. Oh, well, then I definitely he don't know He played for the Vikings. Him. But he's from New Orleans. He's I like a hometown care. hero kind of. No. 
guy. All right. Well, anyway, so this book is about this story with a guy, uh, a reporter who was friends with Mel and Suzanne, and that's how oh, the book. Okay. Yeah. So they know he lives in Covington, and he used to take pictures for uh, Times Picayune, mm-hmm. and they sent him out at some point to do a story. And hey, there's this homeless city tent city or something and and he went and it was they were already gone the whole thing was like taken down or Mm -hmm. whatever but there was still this guy and he was like laying on a mattress wrapped up in clear plastic Mm. for a blanket kind of thing and uh he said the guy i forget exactly how it uh started but you know, eventually the guy says, well, you ought to do a story about me, you know, forget the whole tent thing that you were looking right. for. Uh, well, why is that? Well, because I, w- I played in three Super Bowls. And he was a, homeless. And he was homeless, yeah. And he was uh, a drug addict. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the book is the story of this guy, the, the reporter, photojournalist guy, his relationship with Jackie Wallace, how it develops and and sort of the ups and downs and what it was like for him to be Jackie Wallace's friend Mm -hmm. while Jackie Wallace refused to get better you know like he would get better and then he would fall again he falls the wagon and then he'd get better and then and so it was this constant like up and down worrying about him and Mm -hmm. you know wondering and why isn't he answering my calls oh he must be at it again or you know something like that or did I say something to offend him I you know I don't know because he was writing about him about too. About him, and you're trying to finish the taking story. pictures, and, yeah. yeah. So it's uh, it's tough walking alongside people like this. But you know what I've said to a few folks, like our kids. Our kids know about who he is. They know his name. We pray for him, mm-hmm. and they. I, I think it was my oldest. Maybe it was somebody else, but they're. We're talking about it, and I just said something like, you know what? When you help poor people, when you help people in need, it doesn't always feel like the right thing. Like, it doesn't always feel good. It doesn't feel like you're helping. It doesn't feel like they want it or or they're thankful or Mm -hmm. or anything like that. But I said, that's not why you do it. Uh, You can never close your heart to them because then you don't get it. You don't get Jesus. Right. You don't understand Jesus because these people are really just like us. They're just like us in ways that are more obvious. Mm-hmm. So people look at you, people look at me, they go, oh, they're normal. They have their stuff together. But really, no, we don't. No. <laughs> and just imagine God like is, you know, walking with us and saying, you know, I thought I talked to you about this already, that this was bad for you and you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. And and this is really the path. And you're kind of like, no, 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 I'm going to stick on this path. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that you're not saved. It doesn't mean he doesn't love you or you're not forgiven. or It doesn't mean any of that. But, you know, he knows that our lives would be most fruitful and most blessed if we followed his will, his ways, and his plan for us specifically, right? And we're so busy trying to do our own thing and saying, no, 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 I got this, I got this. No, I really don't want help. I'm fine or I'm not good enough for help or all of those things. And then we find ourselves 
in the same kind of situation and we're going, help, help, help. And he's like, this is, this is hopeless. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. It, it, it's not, again, the whole huge obvious thing. Like we're in a gutter or something. No. But we have problems. We all have problems. We all have stuff. We all have baggage. We all broken. So that that's kind of if you know that Jesus came for people that didn't even want the help, right? Because they rejected him and they called for Barabbas and he went to the cross anyway. Right. So so people that don't even want the help, people that refuse to get better. They refuse to listen to reason, refuse to do for themselves, refuse all these other kinds of things, the stubbornness and the, uh, oh, I don't really deserve that even, you know, and he does it anyway. Yeah. And he keeps coming back. He keeps making himself available. The, the hard part is that Jesus, God, is supposed to, well, I mean, he can do that. He's, Us, yeah, he's God. We struggle with that. So, yeah. like, the fact yeah. that Axel has checked out of quad vets and went missing and had me and Sean searching for him and Cheryl yeah. searching for him. And, you know, this may be the first time the congregation even hears that Axel has bailed. It's possible. Yeah. So yeah. I guess what I say to those people, because I struggled with it is that a few months ago, I think it was, you did a sermon on how Christians have the bad rap because of what they do. And, we put everything in the category and we're all supposed to act like this and be like this. And if we don't do that, then we're, they're not accepted. It's wrong. So I put it as, you know, were we trying to force Axel to conform or conform or yeah. to, cause he said to me more than once, you're going to make me back into a normal person. Uh, Y'all people are crazy. <laughs> That's what he told me. And I was like, so we're crazy. Cause we want to, sleep inside of a house and yeah. have food and water and, you know. Well, and I think you and Cheryl and some others have said more than once that, you know, I think he's here to teach us something. And, and yes. there have been times where I'm like, you know, like you mentioned Christmas Eve and I thought, yeah, like <laughs> why am I so obsessed about right having – you know, I mean, I guess having a roof over your head is a good thing, but yes. having the kind of roofs over our heads and obsessing about how much we have, how much space we have, how nice it looks, what it's worth. And right. I mean, this guy lived with nothing, like virtually nothing, mm -hmm. and he survived. He, he trusted God. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were points where I was like, this guy's better than me. Oh, I agree. This guy is way better than I am. <laughs> His brokenness, though, right now he's in the broken stage. Yeah. And that's the hard part for me because when you deal with any kind of addiction, mm -hmm. whether it be alcohol, drugs, like the guy, the football player or whatever, Axel does drink. His mother actually had a uh, rehab center. He ran, She ran a rehab center. Wow. Addiction goes really far back in his family. Mm. And he called me. Uh, I've spoke to him probably – since we went and got him, because we did go and get him from Hammond so that he would be at least back in an area that he knows more. Well, he knows Hammond, too, because he's been all over. But regardless, we brought him back. Sean and I brought him back thinking that that was what he needed. But you know what? God knows what he needs because Axel hasn't even been near the bench. Yeah. He, yeah. Because he's in a place where he doesn't feel worthy again, 
because mm-hmm. he feels like he failed us. Yeah. He feels like he says, I know it's my fault. He had, um, he called and said, please don't think now remember he's drinking at this point. So I can hear it in his voice. And he's like, don't think this is your fault. This is all me. I'm damned. I'm this. And then he'd turn around and say, but the blood of Jesus washed me and I'm good. And I'm like, exactly. So I'm not blaming myself. Yeah, so I'm we? not blaming you. Yeah. You need to stop blaming yourself. Yes. That's what I told him. And I did tell him, which then I go back and second guess. So this is the struggle of helping people when you're yourself broken. Mm. I'm not God, so I can't fix it. And I want to fix it. But obviously it's going as God planned it. So Axel then I think is here to teach me something or my husband or whoever. Because when you're dealing with homeless people and the phone's ringing in the middle of the night because Axel's drunk and he wants to tell me it's not my fault. And Mark's like, oh, come on. Are you kidding me? Get off the phone. And I'm, you know, Axel's in the background because as you know, he likes to talk and he's, and Mark's gone, hang up the phone. And I'm like, I can't. But you know what I think people can see when you're when you're helping people like that mm-hmm. that are obviously broken and obviously mm-hmm. messed up and all that kind of stuff then i think the others of us who look good and mm-hmm. smell good and mm-hmm. dress correctly and Correct. clean shaven or at least groomed right? right but have all this other i mean they're a train wreck underneath you can't see. that you can't see I think they feel then, okay, well, if they, if this guy's allowed in, <laughs> right, right. well, then there must be a place for me. Right. And I think that's the point. I, I think that's why God's people throughout the Bible, I mean, if there's one thing that God's people are supposed to be about over and above anything and everything, all the rules and, mm-hmm. and, and things that, that people talk about in the Bible, I, I don't dispute that, you know, but the biggest one is this it's it's helping people like this as best you can because they're just like us because if you can do it at all then you get it it doesn't mean you just go into i mean you, there there should be boundaries and you're not god and you're not going to be able to fix them but that's part of it and is you're learning you're not god one of right? my struggles is boundaries i am not good with boundaries and that is part of the reason i think that Axel entered or re-entered my life because it was time for me to maybe learn boundaries again. Because right now, it's the 21st, and I know his phone <laughs> is about to expire, which means it's like cutting the apron strings. Like, do I yeah. renew it just in case he has to call me one night? That's the hard part. That's where I struggle. And yeah, I don't know the fear of how people are, if I'm worried about how the church is going to react, I can only imagine what he is dealing with. So bringing him back here, even though he said, yes, come get me. Mm-hmm. He can't handle the fear of rejection, the fear of I let y'all down. So I don't think he'll show up until he's in a place where he's maybe not drinking as much and he's maybe got past it or maybe God's moving him on somewhere else. So that's my thing. Is it a control thing with me? Cause I have control issues. Mm-hmm. Ha. So is it a control thing or do I, do I just let the phone lapse? I mean, it's only $20 something dollars. Is it worth my sanity to have him be able to reach out? I don't know. That's a, it's a tough question. I I guess what I would say is that most people have very, very firm boundaries. Right. And I have none. And, And it's not just firm. It's like, 
uh, I don't know what the right way to, they're, they're boundaries that are very far away, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's not like you can get anywhere because these strong, big, high walls that are way far away from where both of you are, uh, there's no way to help at all. Right. Having none is bad. Right. And negotiating something in between, I think, is the right, you know, like, so how can you still have boundaries, but also recognize that the boundaries are going to be a little fluid. They're going to be a lot closer than maybe you're comfortable with, but that's the only way you can help them. And it forces you to be okay with you. Like you have to be, Hey, I don't need this person to get well, to feel good about myself. Right. Cause that's ultimately the train wreck. I mean, that's codependency. That's exactly. If I don't have somebody that I can help, then I'm not worth something. I'm not worth anything. And, uh, that's, you know, the way God handles it is he's always there. He's always available, but he never forces himself right on anybody. And I right. guess when we went back to get him, it's because the promise we made was we would come. So when I yeah. said to you, should we go look for him? And you're like, well, didn't he leave the 99 to go look? So that. Well, so there's that. But then there's also, why did you tell him you, that he could have an easy out? <laughs> Don't give him the easy out. Well, because I know what it's like to feel trapped. So sometimes if you yeah, see a light at the end of the tunnel, you're not afraid to enter the tunnel. If if I had really clear answers for all these questions, I would have been more clear with you. But since I don't, I'm right. not going to get And I'm all. coming to you for advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I, I already the- gave my advice. It's messy. Yes. It's agonizing and painful and all this other kind of stuff, but you can't close you can't your stop. heart to and them. This, is, yeah. this yeah. is my concern with, because I'm proud of the way the church family yeah. reacted. Yeah. So now when he, if he shows back up and how do we handle it now? Because we can't force what we think is the right thing on him. Yeah. And we shouldn't get angry with how he handled everything. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Just be praying about it because if he comes back or if the next person comes around, that's another axle. Do we have the strength and love to do it again? Yeah. And if we don't, then did we really learn from the first one? There's love and compassion, but not getting necessarily walked on. And, you know, so having the boundaries, like what's the middle ground, uh, I would say we're also not a very big operation in the sense that we're not going to, we don't have the resources to help people like this on a larger scale, No, but there are people that we could maybe help at some point and we just got to figure out, well, what will we do and what won't we do and uh, try and stick to that the best we can. Right. Yeah. But I mean, when Axel's knocking on your window... It's like, okay, God, I hear you. Like, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It, it's a journey, and some people can walk that journey and some can't. But ultimately, we're all supposed to be kind and not judge people. Well, and there, there's actually, um, I don't know if I remember the Bible passage, but, mm-hmm. or, or not exactly. It's in the book of James, I think, maybe chapter two, where he makes this point that he's talking about favoritism and he says something like, you know, why is it that 
you go crazy when the the rich person comes in with all the fancy clothing and jewelry mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff and you say hey come sit up here and have a nice seat and and then you tell the person that doesn't look that great you say hey have a seat at my feet mm-hmm. um and then he says uh, something about the the low position Okay, here it is in the beginning of chapter 2. My brothers, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. Support. Uh, suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. If you show him special attention, uh, if you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand here or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts. And then here he talks about the the low and high position. Listen, my dear brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? But you have insulted the poor. It is not the rich who are exp- is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are slandering the noble name of him to whom you belong? Um, So if you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. There's a whole lot more, I guess, we could say about that. But that one verse there. But that's a normal reaction. Obviously, it's easier it to is. accept clean people. And, they and hey, be, you got money, and we would love for you to place an offering. Absolutely. In but yet, the, in the Axel comes today. in with his last dollar and puts it in. Yeah. And when someone gives him, which people do, just give him money. Randomly, just walk up to him. He's a, I don't use cardboard is the yeah. phrase, right? I don't yeah. stand up there and I take. I don't do the cardboard thing. Yeah. So he, uh, he, while he was in Quad Vets, somebody had given him $20, and he said, I got to go Wednesday to Beulah Church because that was the closest church to Quad Vets that he could walk to. And I'm like, but that road at night, if you go to the Wednesday night service, you're going to get hit by a car. You really should wait until Sunday. And he goes, no, because I was blessed with this $20, and I have to tithe. And he went and gave the 10% of the $20 to the mm. church. So a lot of things were ingrained in him, whether it was a guilt thing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He... His dad was a pastor, and and uh, pastors and churches can really mess up kids. This is true. <laughs> so that's a topic for another. Yes, it is. Another podcast, but. Um, well, I think that for me, it's a learning experience. I need prayers from everybody because I'm not sure how to set up the boundaries and where to go from here. But I don't know. I don't know what they are either, and who knows when we'll have another opportunity. And who's to say that he needs our help? Right. Like, that's what this verse here. Listen, my dear brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? Yes. They are the ones that are actually better. Right. I mean, Jesus does this all the time. He says it with babies too, right? Little kids. They're trying to bring them to him so that he can bless them. And the disciples are like, whoa, Jesus is way too busy for you. He's way too important. You know, the kind of, it's like they're keeping away the paparazzi. Mm-hmm. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Kingdom of heaven belongs right. to these kids, to, to people like this. In fact, if you don't become like them, you can't come in. Exactly. 
That's true. That's so, true. So, so we all need to become like Axel. <laughs> or the I little mean, children. What if you just woke up tomorrow? Well, right? the fact that and Axel just, has nothing and still loves and puts God and first and spreads his word wherever he goes because mm-hmm. I gave him a Bible pocket size that he can have in his pocket. And after he had left the program and Cheryl saw him, he pulled out his Bible and was reading scripture to or quoting scripture. So he's still out there doing what he feels like he mm-hmm. should be doing. Yeah. And to not be caught up in the, as he called it, the craziness of being normal. <laughs> there, there's, there's something, something to be said about that. I mean, think about what we do all day, every day. And uh, mm-hmm. it's nice and it's comfortable. But the rat race and competition. Why is it right? normal? Who made it Why normal? is that? Yeah. Why do we need this? What is it about all this stuff that makes us feel better about ourselves and that we've got it right and he's got it wrong? Right. Um, you know, I think there's probably some place in the middle. <laughs> there <laughs> I'm better not sure. be. <laughs> I'm not sure that God wants us uh, all sleeping on benches. But, you know, he had his people sleeping in tents, wandering around for a long time. This is true. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, the story of Axel. The story of Axel to be continued, I hope. But uh, maybe for now we'll just uh, end it right there. And got any final thoughts? Final thoughts. Hmm. Just try not to judge. I know there are people out there on the streets of Slidell, and I can name Scammy Tammy. (laughs) She has her own Facebook page. And (laughs) because people hate her that much, which is horrible. Oh, it's bad. Oh. And because she curses you out if you don't give her money and she'll flip you off and she's just a mess. But the fact that she's out there every day holding cardboard begging for something, she's pretty screwed up and lost and broken. So if I give her a sandwich and she takes it, which I do when Mm -hmm. we do lunch bag love, I'll hand it to her and she takes it. Some people she throws food back at them. But that's scammy Tammy because they say she has a car waiting in the parking lot and it's like an Escalade. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I've never seen her get in that. I'm not saying she doesn't have a car and she doesn't have a house. Yeah. But there's a reason she's out there. And so who am I to judge? Mm-hmm. And if you are against giving money, think of Axel because he's one of the people you give money to and he's going to make sure 10% is going back to someone else. If he can't get to a church, he's going to bless someone else. Yeah. So, and if you want, pick up a meal. Crazy. Yeah. The homeless world is a complicated, complicated place. Pray for them. Yes. Pray for us. Mm -hmm. And uh, just remember that Jesus says that when you do it for them, you're doing it for him. So he doesn't say only the good ones. No. (laughs) Only the clean ones. No. See, that was a learning thing, right? Yeah. So don't judge. Well, I mean, there's not many thoughts. It's hard to... Yeah, no, I'm trying to, like, I don't know what else to say. Let's just leave it at this, uh, to be continued. Yes. And, uh, and and keep us and keep Axel in your prayers and have a little more compassion, maybe. If you see somebody in need, don't have to be homeless. But just remember that you are just as messed up and they are as they are in some way, shape, or form. Just better at hiding And it. God keeps coming back anyway. God doesn't give up on you. God doesn't force you to take the right path. And uh, sometimes we like staying in our mess more than we like to admit. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, let's see if we can't learn something from God this week. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, y'all. Good to be with you. Uh, like, share, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. And uh, tune in next time. See you. God bless. Bye. Bye.